Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rival Recon here on Anfield Index Pro. I'm Harry Sethi. A comprehensive 4-1 away win to Brentford last weekend saw the Reds re-establish their lead at the top of the table, capitalising fully on Manchester City's draw against Chelsea, which rounded the weekend off. That puts Klopp's sides five points clear of City, with their title hopes now back in their own hands. And this week, our attention is already shifting to Sunday's Carabao Cup final against Chelsea. However, the league is still the priority, and so on today's show, we'll be looking ahead to Wednesday's game at home to Luton Town. Join me on the pod this week to discuss how Luton Town have proven the doubters wrong this season, and whether they have enough to avoid the drop. I'm delighted to welcome on Mark Ryman from the We Are Luton Town podcast. Welcome on, Mark. Good to, good to speak with you. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Uh, one of these games has been crammed in midweek, uh, obviously because of the reschedule. Uh, the, the reschedule for the game was supposed to be this weekend, of course, uh, ahead of the Carabao Cup final that's this weekend on Sunday for uh, for, for Liverpool. Um, this one's exciting for me actually personally because I'm I'm getting up to this one uh, at Anfield um, and taking the taking the parents as well. So it's going to be a bit of an interesting one. I've not I've not done that for a while, so uh, it's going to be a fun day out. I'm sure um, in terms of just being up there and experiencing it all. And yeah, with after Jurgen's announcement, yeah, each and every game does become a little bit more uh, yeah emotional. I'm uh, suppose, but we'll, we'll, rather than talk about Liverpool, uh, I, I want to focus on Luton for this show and. Just get your thoughts, really. I mean, we've spoken to a number of fans throughout the season, and um, they've all described it as it was going to be a fairy tale. It was going to be a bit of a, a roller coaster, and people were just taking it week by week and experiencing it for what it was. And I, I want to ask you now, at this stage in the season, given how you know, how well Luton have performed and how, and how well they fought, actually, um, what are your overarching thoughts on where they find themselves at the moment? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really positive, isn't it? Um, generally, I think most Luton fans saw this season as being a bit of an unknown, but thought that we would compete better than a lot of people predicted. Um, to see us at the moment, as things stand, I think um, a point above the relegation zone. Yeah. Um, with with about uh, 40 odd points to play for, I think we would have snapped your hand off for that at the start of the season. 
I probably would say, though, you know, a, a fair few football fans and, and, and pundits as well had, had almost acted as if we seemed to have won the lottery by getting to the Premier League in the first place um, and that we were here only for that reason. You know, we, we are a good team and, and and actually we're starting to show that to more of the mainstream media, how good we can be as a team as well. So I think... You know, the results recently of the ones that have grabbed the headlines, but it's been coming for a while. So it's it's not it's not luck where we find ourselves, certainly not. And it's um, you know, I think Luton fans are pleased where we are, but I wouldn't say we are surprised if that if that's fair. Yeah, I think it's it's natural, right? I mean, plenty were just doing the whole plucky Luton narrative, yeah. and yeah, I mean, we, we saw the photos of the houses uh, that you see at the back of the stadium on on the way up to getting into the away end or wherever it was, for example. And yeah, you you could tell there was uh, sort of like this like weird sort of affection towards the club. But I, I think to your point, underestimating just the extent to which Luton would compete in these games, even against, of course, the sides that are traditionally considered in the top six or whatever. And um, you mentioned some of those eye-catching results and we'll, we'll definitely come on to talk about them. But I wanted to touch upon what you were saying there around, it's not a surprise to you, it's not a surprise to Luton fans, the way in which you're performing this season. I wanted to ask you just really around, um, in terms of the style of play and what you're being used to seeing under Rob Edwards, um, the, is is what you're seeing this season how is it different in terms of sort of how do you think that uh, um, you've adapted to the Premier League or do you think it's actually just really doubling down on what made you so strong beforehand and secured the promotion? Oh, no, it's definitely adapting. I mean, I think since Robert was came in, so he came in in the in the um, sort of November time of, yeah. of, uh, when um, we were in the championship and he didn't change a huge amount from Nathan Jones a little bit, but you could start to see that he wanted to play a bit more football. I think if you look at our style of play now, um, compared to how we started the season, we started the season with five at the back um, and and really isolating one up front um, to try and put count, uh, teams on the counter-attack. And then if you look at us against, well, in the last few games, but where it's been successful against Brighton and Newcastle, we're now playing really, you know, those fullbacks are playing as as wingers and, and we're playing three at the back, really f- fully three at the back, 1v1, which is, you know, against Newcastle away, incredibly brave mm. football. And we're starting to play through the thirds a lot more as well. Obviously, last night against United, um, after the first 10 minutes, which were a bit of a disaster, we really started to to show what we were about. Um, and the midfield two of Lecongre and Barkley are key to that. So they've let us start to play a bit more football. We're still, of course, a massive aerial threat. And if Adebayo's fit against um, Liverpool on Wednesday night, then, then that'll be our main one. But... Yeah, yeah, it's a lot more complex nature to our play than there was at the start of the season. I'd definitely say we've evolved to the Premier League. Mm, I was reading something uh, earlier today around uh, sort of the performance against Brighton in particular, and I think some of the comments Rob Edwards was making after the game, t- talking about pressing and the way in which sort of you uh, attacked Brighton in that game, and obviously exploited some of their um, patterns of play, if you will. But like, is is is, is is that kind of pressing another one of these features that has, that's crept into the style of play this season that wasn't as you know, as pronounced maybe that you'd seen before? And it's it's a different form of pressing. We've always been very aggressive at home. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know, even in the championship, we were underdogs in most games we played even then. So we, we would press teams quite aggressively. Um, but 
I think the big difference now is that when we do win the ball, the ball back, we're not just firing balls down the channel for our wingers to get the ball across again. We're right. recycling it. We're playing a little bit more on the floor. So in possession is the big difference. I think out of possession, it is like we were in the championship, especially that that forward press. But obviously it's a, it's a lot more of a dangerous game in the Premier League when you're playing against football inside like Brighton. Um, obviously it worked fantastically well on the night in that case. Yeah, and I want to go back to obviously the the previous uh, game against Liverpool uh, in, in terms of, uh, I mean, hell of a contest that evening. And I thought it was it was sort of interesting from my perspective because when you think about taking on Luton and what you what we knew of Luton at that stage, what we knew of the ground certainly in terms of it being you know obviously smaller uh, to to make the pitch more narrow, which I thought I thought was what Liverpool tried to do on that day and just play through the middle was 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 quite a fun. Uh, and slightly infuriating way to approach it, but the way in which Luton approached it, like like absolutely to your point, zero fear, and you know working that counter until it paid off. I want to ask you just what you made of of that previous game um, uh, into the sort of how how Luton fed. Yeah, I was there. It was a fantastic nice. game for us from from start to finish, and I think particularly in the first half, I think we we defended really really well obviously mm. we needed Kaminsky as we will do against teams like you to to pull off some some good saves well, excellent, yeah. um, and we're going to need that all season he is a great goalkeeper I think exactly what I was saying about how we play when we're on the ball was evidence against that so Barkley picks up the ball after a brave bit of play on the edge of his own half and plays that ball across to Kabore and then it's one pass to to Chong who puts it in the back of the net and it's it's that composure that, that we need against good teams to to be ruthless because you know we're not going to get many chances obviously I was a bit gutted at the end with the equaliser um about a minute from from full time yeah, um, yeah. but overall I mean you, you know obviously a 1-1 draw against Liverpool at home is incredible and, and mm. we would have taken that before the game um but that was just the very sort of beginning if you like of that that change happened there we also took Arsenal very close we've took Man City very close in the following games as well. So you can see it's it's not a fluke, it's not a one-off, and there's no one really um who's mm. who's really um had had that dominance against us at home uh, this season. Yeah, no, appreciate you waiting to take points off Arsenal until your trip to the Emirates later in the season. That's gonna be that's gonna be a big one. Uh well I'll be happy if we do. <laughs> uh, in terms of the the games this season, the I mean, I think there's been so many great days out actually, to sort of looking at the performances that the, the sides put in. But uh if you had to pick, I suppose, two or three that have really stood out to you, maybe it's ones, of course, where you've been you've been at the game itself, yourself, but um what are the games that you'd point to, to to that you think sort of signify um everything Luton's you know, is about under Rob Edwards and it, it, maybe some of the strides you've made as well. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, 
you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, well, I think it's the most recent ones. The ones okay. I mentioned, I was at Newcastle. I'd probably say Newcastle's probably the standout. I know we beat Brighton the following week 4-0, oh. and that's incredible. But the fact that we went to St. James's was so brave. And You were up in the heavens, well, were you, in Newcastle? Yes, I was indeed. <laughs> Not used to it and uh, got a bit of vertigo at the top of there. So it's a little bit little bit bigger than the Kenny. <laughs> Not much, but just a bit. But, uh, yeah, we still made a fair bit of, a bit of noise when we scored the fourth goal. But, um, yeah, I mean, the bravery to come out second half at 2-2 and, and really go for it was um was exactly what we're about um and you know you look at Newcastle over the last 18 months under Eddie Howe and they are a incredibly tough team to get anything from at St James's Park so yeah that was that was probably the the best the best day I think um at our best of course at home the Brighton game has got to be there as well um and then, and then I could probably could pick any of them, but I'd probably pick the Liverpool one-one because we got a point from it, and that's important at this stage. You know, in the season, we we said last night um, against Man United for a huge majority of that game, we were well in it and probably deserved to get a point at the end of it. But we do need to start picking up points from these good performances as well. Yeah, always gutting not to take three points against uh, against this this United side. I think personally, um, yeah, I was particularly gutted when that that uh, that draw at Anfield. To be honest, I thought it might be. Yeah, it's particularly it's particularly bad. Even if we even if we go on not to win anything this season, that will still or, or actually to win things this season that will still really really irritate me. Uh, but I mean, I, I wanted to highlight players as well that you think. Have have really. I mean, I'm sure plenty of them have stood up, if, if you will, this season to how they performed. But you mentioned Lacongo and Barkley earlier on, and how they're key to how you're currently playing. Um, Adebayo has obviously been highly influential as well. Kaminsky, the keepers, had to pull had a terrific games to keep you into some of these contests. But I, I just wanted to ask you. I mean, are, are those players that I named the ones that you think that really deserve? to be called out or is it just hard to actually pick individual players given how many of them have performed so well? I mean, you're right. There are a huge amount that have stepped up from not just the championship, but the lower leagues as well. Yeah. You know, a lot of them have played non-league football, a huge amount of them, including, of course, Pelly Ruddock, who's been with us since the non-league days with us. But um, I suppose Barkley has got to be the one. Um, he's probably the one that gets the most headlines now as well. But um, I said this, I think, on a, a previous preview podcast I did that I think is a very little doubt from from me at least to it I'm pushing 40 he's easily the best player I've ever seen in a Luton shirt um, and it's not it's not even close um, obviously we've not been in the the top tier in that time but the, the way that he's able to keep the ball under pressure and then pick a pass is absolutely key to everything that we do going forwards um <laughs> Conga since he's come back from injury has been absolutely huge as well considering our other defensive midfielder um, Marvellous Nakamba is out long term or has been out long term with a knee injury um, so he's been incredibly important there as well and if we're going to play 1v1 at the back we need those pivot midfielders to to uh, to keep the ball and uh, stop the waves of attack coming the other way I suppose apart from who you've mentioned Alfie Doughty deserves a mention as well um, who is 
as our left fullback slash winger because really that's how our fullbacks are playing. Um, his crosses have been um, up there for some of the top assists in the league. Um, and then on the other side, we've got Tio Ogbené, who is who was up until recently, I think, clocked as the fastest player in the league as well. And against Newcastle, ran Dan Byrne absolutely ragged for the entire game, which was an absolute joy for us to watch at the at St James's Park. So yeah, there were a lot of them. Um, there's certainly no one out of that that team that that haven't performed and and haven't really stepped up to the Premier League. Um, and regardless of what division we're in next season, there'll be a few that we're going to struggle to keep hold of. Yeah, Benny in particular, I remember him in the Liverpool game being uh, yeah, just a handful for the entirety of the time he was on the pitch, to be honest. Just like um, very, very difficult to, to bottle up, to be honest. And um, we, we've spoken about Rob Edwards, we've spoken about the 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 change in approach, but I'm, I'm interested by how the way how he's adapted as well uh to um life as a manager in the in the Premier League. Just your thoughts on on how he's operated as or since he's come in as Luton manager. Obviously, he's had huge success so far. But um, just to give us a little bit about sort of how he does operate and how you think he's done in terms of uh, um, managing this jump up to to the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, so like all the players, he's had to had to learn a fair bit from the from the first few games. Um, and you can see, as we mentioned about evolving styles and tactics, you can really see that from, from him and as, as a manager as well. I think we're certainly playing more the football that he wants to play. I think naturally he wants to play good football on the floor. You can see that in his Forest Green side. Um, but I think the most important thing about Rob Edwards, really, apart from his tactics, is his man management, the way that he buys into everything of this football club. The players absolutely love him. And that's one of the most important things when you're in that scrap, you're down at the bottom and you're fighting for every single point. You need everyone pulling together. And I think they absolutely buy into everything that he does. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I think that that kind of that kind of togetherness is embodied in in him it's not just you know the the whole team working really hard because we're little old loot and it, it is brought in through that kind of great mentality management comes from the manager as well um but like i said yeah tactically speaking um attacking wants to plan floor but he's evolved a huge amount since we started and played against brighton and chelsea and shipped seven goals with only one in response <laughs> in those games yeah, I think it's, it's it's interesting to see the way in which he's operated as well on the touchline, and actually listening to him in some of the interviews as well speaks obviously very well about football, about his his approach to sort of football, sort of the football he wants Luton to be playing. Uh, as as you've mentioned there as well, I mean, there's many teams in the Premier League with with greater resources than Luton, uh, whose managers seem to struggle uh, to get the players to. I pull together and all fight for the same thing. I mean, there's the, the, I'm struck every now and then by watching uh, football teams every now and then in the Premier League to see footballers who look like they're having like the best time in the world playing together and love playing together every every single chance they get. Uh, and then you see collections of footballers as well who look like they hate every minute of uh, of playing together, which is quite a remarkable uh, situation for, for certain clubs to get in. But I think it does obviously go to... Um, say a lot about sort of the the man management skills, especially when you're a club who perhaps people are expecting not to be able to compete to the to, to this level. The way in which he's galvanised 
everybody together uh actually playing as you pointed out there sort of cultured cultured but like cultured football um that perhaps people wouldn't have expected if they'd never seen Luton ever um in the Premier League I think says a says a lot and I was reading an article about about Rob Edwards and sort of the 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 great job that he's done and he obviously mentioned like during that article uh one of the stories of the season four for you and all uh, Luton fans as well has of course been um, obviously the, the situation with your captain Tom Locker who uh, who collapsed on the pitch and now thankfully seems to be um, in in good health uh, and has has made some of somewhat of a recovery rather um, just if you can tell me a little bit about how that obviously was um, to like, experience and um, tell me whatever you want about it because it's it's obviously a a very particular um, sort of tra- traumatic thing to go through. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, I was at the Wembley final when he collapsed. I wasn't at the Bournemouth game, luckily, Um, although I know people that were. um, And, you know, the first thing is that he's okay. Um, And thank God he's okay because that's that's the most important thing for any fan once they've witnessed that happen. Um, And I think that as a result of that, I think Luton and Bournemouth have, have kind of formed this this bond. I think their supporters' trust has paid for a, a coach of Luton supporters to go to the, the replayed match as well. So, you know, hats off to Bournemouth and everything they did on the day too. Um, and, and for every Luton fan, you know, the main thing is that, that he is okay. Um, I think it's, it's great to see him back. It was great to see him at the ground just before the Brighton game. And it's it's no coincidence that he came mm. on and two minutes later we scored two goals. It really isn't, I don't think, because that's the impact he has. He has that impact before all of this happened as well. He's a leader, um, not just because he's the captain. Um, but I think that uh, it's great to see him about. He was at the, uh, the last couple of games, I believe. He was at the Man U game as well. Um, he was on commentary duty for Sky Sports, I think, um, or punditry duty rather. Um but yeah, I mean, it's it's now just it's going to be up to him and and doctors and and everything else to mm. see what happens. But regardless of what happens in terms of playing, it, I think it would be great to see him involved in the club, regardless okay. somehow. Um, but yeah, I mean, it puts it all into perspective. It really does. Mm. You know, football is hugely important and. Um, for us, all those people that go follow our teams week in, week out, and it's often interlinked with things like family and, and, and things as well. So we all have an emotional connection to it. But 
when things like that happen, you don't really care anymore. And I think, you know, it's it's just about making sure they're okay. Um, and, um, yeah, we're just, I'm just really relieved that, that he is okay. Um, he has a little baby on the way. I think his wife was seven months pregnant when I it heard, yeah. as well. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know... <laughs> I think it's incredibly important that he's he just they, he makes the right decision for him and his family. And I know this club, and I know this club well enough to know that whatever he decides to do, mm-hmm. he'll be supported by it. So, yeah, I mean that's you know I think that's it really. You know, if yeah. he does decide to play again or he does play again, that's great, obviously. Um, but but just just please, he's okay. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a. I think, yeah, I think when I, I think whenever it happens, it's always um, uh, pretty remarkable. Certain set of circumstances, even even thinking back to Christian Eriksen mm-hmm. uh, and his uh, his collapse at that um, in the was it the World the World Cup? It was the World Cup. I it think, was the World wasn't Cup, it? wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. and uh, I mean, I have to admit, I'm staggered to see him actually come back. To be honest, and the way in which he's then not only come back but competing at a high level again and. Yeah, it's a remarkable thing. I'm sure he's. I'm sure um, Lockyer obviously would give anything to play again. Uh, but I think, as you said, there there can be no pressure on that guy whatsoever. It'll be his decision. And I think it's uh, as you said, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever to see him part of the club and the club's plans and the club's future, um, regardless of sort of what he what he ultimately decides. And on the club's future, I want to ask you just before we talk about the game a little bit before we get close to the end, but. It's probably a little bit hard now to think about like um, the end of the season. I think still the objective, of course, is on um, staying in the league um, and like um, giving the best account of yourselves as 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 possible. You're making great progress towards that. But if you could, let's say, jump ahead right to the end of the season now, and that objective was secured. I mean, how how do you how do you see this side evolving again, and how, what are the areas? I'm not asking you to do sort of transfer guru or whatever right now, but what are the areas in which you think that if if this side is to kick on and grow even more, would be the ones that would ultimately be uh, or need to be addressed? Yeah, I mean, it's it's so hard to to think about because obviously. You know the the thought of if we do stay in the league and our t- our transfer tactics have always mm. been to kind of poach hidden gems. I was obviously going to be a hell of a lot harder <laughs> when you're a Premier League team, and I think that that's part and parcel. Our recruitment team, because he mentioned budget earlier, and Rob Edwards never actually does to credit to him. But if we were to look at our budget and spending now, we'd probably be just about top half Championship. Maybe not though. That's that's what we're talking about even this season. So that that's what we're competing on. That's the level. Level. Um, and our, our record signing is still uh, Ryan Charles, who has gone to Hull actually on loan uh, for five million pounds in the summer. So that that is the level that we're playing at. Now, if we stay in the Premier League, then you know one thing I'd hope is that we try at least to sign Samuel Lokonga on a full-time contract. Obviously, he's on loan from Arsenal at the moment, so that would involve spending a lot more than the five million that that, that have already um, broken records for us. I think. Probably, it's it's squad depth, isn't it? At this level, um, I think I think our first team is is great. We've got a few um, coming through that that look promising as well. But some squad depth, particularly in the front forward areas, um, Adebayo now looks like he he might be out for a little while. So I think that might be a problem for us. Scoring in this league is obviously is obviously tough and. Um, 
having some depth up front would be would be great. And maybe in that sort of defensive midfield role as well, as I said, um Samuel Lekonga's alone. Um Marv Marvelous Nakamba is our only true defensive midfielder. So it would be good to get somebody in that position as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's honestly it's, Hard it's to think so about. difficult to tell <laughs> how how we would go about it because we just don't go about recruitment in the same way as many, if any, other club. Um, and we always pull something out of the bag for that no one's expecting. Or oh, Bene, when we signed him, I think he was the first signing of the summer. We got laughed at because we signed him on a free from Rotherham, and people thought, mm. you know, they're just preparing for the championship at best. And now he's. He's caught the eye of most of the teams that we played against and, and caused all sorts of problems for defence. So as a Luton fan, it's great fun, but it is almost impossible to guess who it, who it'd likely be. But yeah, I'd probably say up top and defensive midfield needs to be a bit a, a bit deeper in terms of in terms of the squad. As you said, you know, much more scrutiny on the club now. Like that's uh, it's 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 hard to pull somebody in from under the radar. You imagine that they, I think there's there's lots of focus on the club as so. Not immune to being aware that, of course, that, that Harry Styles and I thought the, the, the lead, sing, lead singer of Vampire Weekend was there as well. I think just off, yeah, just off of the of the. He was in, actually he was in all the photos of Harry Styles. They look quite funny. I was like, oh, there's, there's that guy as well who yeah. this has probably gone under the radar the entire time he was there because, of course, the, the the size of that guy's star. I mean, that must have been sort, sort of slightly surreal. Um, uh, seeing him there, I mean, I, I did find it funny that he refused a uh, refused the offering of chicken and chips uh, that was uh, that was made to him. He um, did take a mint off MacArthur though, so I did see that. Yeah, social media. <laughs> I just yeah, it's, it's mental. It, it's still, you know, it, I thought that by now it would sort of set in that we're in this league, and it, just seeing stuff like that, it does make me laugh. <laughs> it really does. But uh, yeah. yeah, mad. I'm sure I won't be the last person to do that. But uh, in in terms of the the game itself, then this Wednesday, uh, how how do you think you're gonna? Or, or based upon how um, you've seen Rob Edwards and, and and Luton approach games away to sort of top six sides um, so far this season, how how do you think you're gonna approach it? Especially with again, you, you mentioned some of the absences there. I, I'm I'm imagining from the Liverpool perspective, there's going to be some rotation, whilst. Maybe not too much because I think the, or in my view anyway, the the league, the league is is the priority. Should be the priority. Europe should be the priority. And um, I mean, it's it's a privilege to be in these clubs, but I I think yeah, especially with City dropping points, I, I would be I'd be surprised if it's been rotated too much for Wednesday. But lots, uh, quite a few people out with injuries, um, especially after the last game. So yeah, I'm not sure exactly who's going to line up there. But how are you expecting to to approach this one? Yeah, you see, it's it's a difficult one. I think, you know, recently we've been playing one for one at the back, but we have yet to play any of the really big sides like yourselves away from home yet. Um, um, Manchester United supporters would be pleased that I've said that. But, you know, if we took look at the top four, we haven't played yourselves, we haven't played City, we haven't played Arsenal. Um, we've played at the bigger sides, I guess, away from home. We've played Chelsea, Villa, um, and United, um, all of which were, were at the start of the season. So again, it, 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 it's a it's a difficult one. I wouldn't be surprised to see us be slightly more defensive, considering 
you know Liverpool's counter-attacking ability and and forward play, even though even with the injury list that you've got currently, mm. um, who who knows who it's going to be? I've just been reading on possibly ten or or whatever injuries that might be, yeah, um, affecting them. But uh, regardless, I think playing one v one at the back against the Liverpool side would surprise me slightly. So I imagine what we we could do is only a possible is we might bring Issa Kabore back in, who's back from AFCON. He lost his place to Albene. Albene is much more of a forward player at fullback, whereas Kabore is a defensive, more defensive minded fullback. So we might bring him back in on the right-hand side, maybe push up Bene further up, as we did in the home game, actually. I think Bene played on the left-hand side mm. um, for us in that game um, as a winger. So we might we might try and do the same thing again. Again, it will depend as well on Elijah Adebayo um, and whether he's fit to start because he pulled out in the warm-up. It doesn't look likely that he, he will be, so whether we'll go for a sort of front front three with two wider players or what we've done recently is have one just one striker just behind the other um and play a little bit braver going forward so i wouldn't be surprised to see us i don't need a vpn i've got nothing to hide <laughs> this is what i used to tell myself before i hooked up with libertyshield.com not only is my home internet now fully encrypted but i can now access all the websites i want whenever i want and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, Mac boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout revert to a little bit more defensively particularly on those wider wider sides considering how dangerous Liverpool are on those sides um, but um, I don't think it's going to be part of the bus we've never done that and I can't imagine it being mm. any different um, I can't imagine we'll we'll decide just to try and defend for 90 minutes because we just we don't do that we don't play like that um, so it will be um, it will there will be an end to end match. It'll be exciting. I definitely definitely think it'll be exciting. I think we'll give a decent account of ourselves as well. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it be a bit more defensive minded than the last the last few games have been. Yeah, just thinking about some of the battles there. You mentioned oh Ben, if he's on the left, that's going to be. I imagine it could be him versus uh, this this Connor Bradley uh, kid who's who's emerged of late, twenty years old, and uh, well. Had his own actually, his own tragedy, obviously, with his with his father passing recently as well. But somehow comes straight back into the team afterwards and is just you know, in, in, incredibly impressive. I think there'll be a couple of youngsters here. Kwanzaa is a centre back might might be there. It's it's going to be interesting because I, I I also to your point I imagine that there'll be there'll be a desire to get some you know fitness back in the legs of people who've been out for a while as well. Like uh, unfortunately Salah, I'm, I'm guessing will be. 
will be there as well. That's going to be like, uh, yeah, an interesting, an interesting battle. So we'll see how how fresh he he has looked. Pretty fresh on the, on the weekend. So we'll see we'll see that. And Nunez questions around him and just how fit he is, and maybe they'll wrap him up in cotton wool for for the weekend. But quite a few, as you mentioned, quite a few people. Usual names, I suppose, what won't be there in the likes of Trent. Uh, well, Soboslav won't be there. I'm trying to think of what Jones has got now. Jota, a couple others. Um, so Allison, uh, Allison, yes, yeah, yeah. so that's quite annoying. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, there, there's, there's quite a few people who you know, obviously come in and perform well. So I'm certainly not complaining. It just seems to be the way in which things are. Uh, oh, Tiago, oh, yeah, of course, the, the the mythical figure of Tiago as well <laughs> is also how uh, I say very upset not to have seen more than eight minutes uh of of his this uh this season uh, just final question before we wrap up then mark i suppose because uh, definitely there's, there's too much to discuss here but i asked you to think about the future and players that might come in but i'm asking you if i had to ask you now what are your expectations for the rest of the season for luton oh expectations tough one i, I... I mean, I expect that we give every game a good go um, mm. and that we're competitive. I wouldn't say I expect us to stay up because I think that's that's uh, a little bit over the top. I mean, right. but I, I expect us to really challenge. Um, I think that when you look at after this run, this is a pretty horrendous run. So obviously we just had United. We've got um, yeah. you guys on Wednesday. We've got City in the Cup the following week and then um, Villa at home. So not the easiest yeah. run of games. But once those games are up... We've got some really winnable games coming up after that. And um, so I'm hoping we're still within touching distance there. Um, I'd love us to stay up. I think we give ourselves a really good chance. We've got a style of play that works for us. If everyone stays fit, particularly Barkley and Lukonga, I think we really could stay up. Um, but uh, I expect us to be really, really competitive at least um, and and not to throw the towel in like some of the teams in the league mm. the two teams below us let's say who are two or three nil down no chance um they just they just give up whereas you know chelsea for example were three nil up against us and we finished the game three two and they were all camped in their box um mm. absolutely terrified about an equalizer so that's how i expect us to play for the rest of the season and i don't see any reason why i'll be wrong on that and if I can't get you to, yeah, like, I make, uh, I suppose, predictions or expectations for as your season, uh, I may as well ask you about what you think about Liverpool. We, we, again, we spoke the, the, the vast majority of this pod, obviously discussing Luton as we as we always do when sort of focusing on the opponent. But I just wanted to get your opinion because it's always good to to hear from like fans who don't live inside the Liverpool bubble. And yeah, I suppose a bit more objective than us. Uh, just what you make of um, of this side. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still, it's, I think Liverpool is the best attacking side still in the league. Um, mm. And on their day, just can absolutely tear teams apart. I, I was interested, I was really interested to see Klopp decide that he was going to announce him leaving midway through the season. Yeah. Um, Ala, Alex Ferguson, sorry, you probably don't like the comparison too That's much, fine. But <laughs> Alex Ferguson decided to do the same and then sort of took it back because it had such a detrimental <laughs> effect on the United team. But yeah. I, I was surprised at that, And I'm, I'm, but it's clearly... And the opposite. Moment, it's had the opposite effect. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's Liverpool always going to be up there or thereabouts. But um, I think some of the some of the the players that 
have started to shine a little bit more coming through. I guess the, the question marks are going to be what happens and who stays next season, right? With the, mm. the turmoil of Klopp leaving, there's a few other players that seem are out of contract. I, I would mm. say when we played you at home, I think, you know, there was no doubt the threat there. Nunez, actually, for me, was the the best player. He's missed a few chances every game. Um, I can see that. I watch Liverpool and watch him miss, miss chances, but he creates them and he's always there as well. He's a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah, I think um, I think we'd love him if, if he was if he was doing that for us and creating that many chances as well. I think, um, and Alisson just, I mean, these are all players, of course, every Liverpool fan knows about anyway, but Alisson was probably the the best keeper or visiting keeper I've seen at Kenilworth Road right. for a long time since we played um, Wimbledon, actually, um, in League One. Um, oh. And certain Aaron Ramsdale was in goal on loan <laughs> for them and absolutely played a blinder. So apart from that, um, yeah, I think he was uh, fantastic. So, yeah, I just, um, I, I mean, personally, I hope City don't win it. Um, <laughs> I think any neutral doesn't want City to win it, really, do they? So, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Although, yeah. Yeah, although I wouldn't mind him catching up with you a little bit on Wednesday, obviously. But um, apart yeah. from that, it'd be nice to nice to see a bit of change in um, in the uh, in the in the title race. Yeah, it'd be a nice yeah, it'd be a nice way to go out for sure. I think uh, yeah, to your point, I, I was a little bit uh, well. I think I've, I've gone past the denial phase with Klopp now, probably onto the <laughs> still in sort of weird weird form of uh, of grief at, the, at this point. But I think it's I think it's going to be interesting. Just the closer it gets, I think that's what's going to be interesting to me because it's I can see it getting just awfully emotional, <laughs> just, just everybody getting emotional given how this club operates, how he operates. Uh, it's going to be. Just interesting to see if, if if people can contain it all, I suppose. But uh, at the moment, it seems to be having the the desired effect. I just uh, if if we could bottle it up and also give it to some of the players to repair hamstring injuries, that would also be great as well. Because it does appear that there yeah. quite a few of them are going down as well in this uh, yeah. in this last dance of his. So uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll have to see if we can just uh, hang on in there until the uh, end of the season. But uh, it's so tough for people to follow him as well, isn't it? I mean, I've been to Liverpool a few times, and actually, he's just mm. worshipped absolutely oh, worshipped. Yeah. I just I can't see anyone following him. But same with United, I guess, and Arsenal was the same. Yeah, it's. I think. I think the, the 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 obviously having the debate right now about who who it will be, and I think part of me is just thinking to whoever it is to go in the opposite direction in terms of what well, don't try and you know don't try and replicate him uh, because that's not going to be uh, possible. So if it is someone I don't know like Chabi Alonso or whatever, completely different kind of character, maybe that's what's uh, what's needed, I suppose. Because yeah, whoever comes in next anyway, they're, they're not going to have to do the job. The club did. Uh, they're going to do a different job. Uh, so yeah, we'll just see. We'll see who does make that, um, or who does step into the dugout, I suppose. But Mark, I won't keep you any longer. I just want to say, yeah, thanks so much for for coming on and for giving us your perspective on on what this ride's been like for Luton. Uh, more than just a you know, plucky Luton or anything like that that people might have thought. I re- yeah, really appreciate you coming on and giving us your your perspectives. No problem at all. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Absolutely. And uh, just uh, all the listeners, as we're wrapping up here, there'll be another rivalry pod ahead of the game away to Forest on the 2nd of March. A little bit of a gap now, of course, because there is a small matter of the Carabao Cup final on Sunday and then the FA Cup uh, game against Southampton at the end of February as well. But there will be another pod from us uh, straight before that game away to Forest. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. 
there's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.